Hello, welcome to the Pages of HR podcast. I'm your host, Bianca Heron, editor for HR Daily Advisor. Pages of HR provides insightful conversations about HR-related books with the writers who create them. In each episode, I'll interview an author about their latest book, and by the end of our conversation, I hope that you'll have actionable insights for your business, best practices to tap, and new information to ponder. Today, we're going to discuss inspirational stories of Latina HR professionals leading, thriving, and breaking barriers across various industries. I am so very much pleased to have with me Janine Ting Jansen, Senior Director of Diversity and Inclusion at Teva Pharmaceuticals. She is also one of 16 contributing authors for the book we're featuring today, Latinas Rising Up in HR. Collectively, these women proudly represent 16 different countries and more than 280 years of of HR experience. Janine, welcome to Pages, and thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Bianca. Awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, So let's just dive right into it, shall we? So Priscilla, and please uh, correct me if I'm saying her last name wrong or not, uh, Gasso. Guaso, yes. Guaso. Priscilla Guaso created this book, Latinas Rising Up in HR, to show stories of aspiring HR professionals who overcame obstacles and defied statistics to achieve their dreams. Uh, Janine, can you share the inspiration behind creating this book and how you were tapped, excuse me, to be a part of it? Sure. Thank you. And thank you for having me. The conversations with Priscilla and the inspiration behind this is really that Priscilla, as an HR professional, really identified with this this gap, if you will, of how do I get there? How do I achieve this dream that I have as an individual? And then finding others like her and bringing us all together really reflects upon, I think, an opportunity and how we can support one another, how we can celebrate the achievements of all of the amazing authors, really to focus on what's, what's our opportunity, like what's America's opportunity, corporate America, HR, to support individuals of difference, particularly Latinas who are highly underrepresented in this space and really support them with their success. So focusing on the stories of the individuals and my book sisters really is a moment of acknowledgement, celebration, but also a story that our, our history does not have to tell our future, right? It can be different and we can celebrate even more achievements from this really important demographic. When you look at the Latinx, Hispanic, right, population yeah. in the United States, if if every individual who's coming of age into the you know to be able to vote voted, we, they would have the election, right, whichever way they wanted to vote, right. So the the amount of people coming up in this really really changing population is so critical and understanding the population from a business perspective, understanding it in the educational realm, um, and just in our personal reactions, it, you know, it's going to be, it has to be business critical for success. I couldn't agree more and beautifully said, Janine. Now this book is actually out, but you're about to re-release it, correct? Yeah. So there's two things happening. It launched last October of 2020 so we all did this virtually and it was it was fascinating for us to do this together but we are also gathering mid-october in miami to launch the spanish version as well so that's going to be another opportunity for us to really just bring these stories to an even larger audience right individuals who are more comfortable or fluent in spanish and maybe not english right Um, so that we can continue to support this population Absolutely. That's a wonderful thing, too. And especially launching, uh, as you said, this uh, mid-October as well. Uh, It's also National uh, 
Hispanic Heritage Month as well. So it's just a phenomenal time right now for this book. And of course, just for these stories anyway, I'm an avid reader. I almost read anything uh, if it's compelling and of course, inspirational, I'm down for it. So 16 authors, for one, that is insane, right? To think of when writing a book, uh, but can you also speak to how you all were tapped to be a part and you know how you all came together to just make this phenomenal book? Yeah, it's really Priscilla having a unique unique connection um, with all of us and with the network of individuals. So I was referred to her by a mutual mm-hmm. friend and we all are in constant contact with her. And all of the other women are have been also referred through a trusted contact or she knows of them, right? Him from her working in different industries and encountering them. All of us have these stories of having a sponsor. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because her sponsor, someone I worked with very closely um, on behalf of some board work I used to do, right? And we didn't even come to that moment of acknowledging that until we were past um, the published date. Um, and he was able to come give some of the remarks at one of our events. So just goes to show that you know, we're a really tight-knit community. We may not know of each other, but one of us knows of another and have what we, what stories can bring. So being referred to her um, was really a moment of, of thankful and gratefulness from on my behalf to be included and to meet all these individuals who I can now celebrate with, use as a resource. And that's, that's really what Priscilla's vision was, right? It's not only just a book, and sharing the stories and achievements, but it's also acting as a resource, a network to support all of us, even accomplish bigger dreams and hopes, right? When we think of HR and what we don't know, right? Uh, what we didn't know all of us five years ago, we know even more collectively. So when you reflected upon the years of experience earlier, it's really a true testament of bringing us all together just makes us stronger and more able to support one another. Absolutely. And beautifully said, thank you for that. Chorus, uh, as you just said, so many beautiful things. And of course, uh, I've started reading a bit of myself, so I'm already taking away gems and nuggets, and I'm sure that our listeners will as well. What would you say, uh, what did you learn from writing the book, from having a part in it? Yeah, what I learned from writing the book is there's so many many common themes among all of us, right? Um, Personal struggles, right? Several of us will talk about um, our, some of us are mothers. Some of us had a journey to motherhood. Mm-hmm. Mine is that I experienced two miscarriages, mm-hmm. um, one before having my oldest son, one before having my daughter. And both times I, I experienced moments of intense pressure in my work life mm-hmm. and what that looked like for me, mm-hmm. right? And how I was able to really navigate that and under a lens of, you know, we don't talk about this, right? Mm-hmm. No one really speaks about these these losses that we may have and, and how we navigate that together. So I think with, um, you know, understanding that we're, we're in it together, um, we've, you know, that we've had these barriers of lack of support, lack of promotability, um, personal challenges when it comes to family, our family needing us, um, having these losses, right? Many of us spoke about miscarriage and just, you know, if you think about the authors and that being a common thread mm-hmm. of the things we've encountered, it's, it's really a moment of that that is a significant barrier. And how can we support individuals so that they feel even more empowered to know that they're not alone, mm-hmm. that they can pivot and, you know, move forward as they best feel comfortable. And they have the ability to be successful as they define it, 
right? Not as others define it, as they define it. And feeling really supported and confident to choose your moments of what you want to lean into. I think that can be very powerful, right? When we have all these narratives going on around us, right? Mm -hmm. These stereotypes of, you know, you, you're Latino, so you must be and fill in the blank. You're Here's a young mother, you must be fill in the blank, right? Mm -hmm. And really acknowledging those stereotypes and really pushing back on them to tell a different story is such a wonderful opportunity when I think of all the authors together. Absolutely. And such a beautiful opportunity. And again, as I will always say, beautifully said uh, to uh, such a, a great thing, like you said, to one realize that you all have such great stories individually, right? But to come together collectively, uh, it's even more of an impact. So letting people know that, and of course, uh, especially Latinas, that you're not alone. Uh, you aren't the only one who may have experienced this before. Uh, and if you are going through something similar or perhaps the same situation, cut some tips, if you will, uh, to get through it, to be confident, uh, to not uh, waver, uh, if you will. So such a beautiful thing. And you have prepared an excerpt to read, correct? Yeah, I have a couple excerpts I can read from to really just reflect on what this means. Please do. So just opening up here, it's where are you from is a common question. I receive upon meeting someone for the first time. America is such a melting pot. And I believe the curiosity behind this question overrides their self-awareness as they unconsciously probe to identify my race. Indeed, this question creates a level of discomfort that I live with every time I hear it. I believe that I encounter direct and indirect racism on a daily basis, both personally and professionally. Meanwhile, I try to live my life with an innate sense of fairness that directly rubs against the systemic racism I observe and simultaneously attempt to address. My experience with racism reflects a passionate state of being proud of who I am today and who I want to become over time, unjudged from my gender or the color of my skin. On a personal level, I have never appreciated when people ask me for my country of origin. However, it has only been in the past few years that society identified this query right, as a racial microaggression. I am an American with roots that trace back to both Mexico and China. I am the child of blue collar workers who were raised in New York City and an observer and product of an imperfect educational system. Wow, beautiful, beautifully said and, and read too. Thank you for that. Uh, and, and why did you choose to highlight that excerpt? This excerpt when I wrote this, it really just explains a narrative of the constant need to attempt to present an assimilated put together front while also acknowledging all the different variations that have influenced who I am. And with those, it's very proud of who I am, while also disrupting racial microaggressions of what do you have for Thanksgiving, right? What's on the table? Or this, this perception that I'm potentially from an island because of my complexion, right? Depending what time of year it is, depending on my tan. And, and then further today and advancing that narrative to today, having a moment where people dig into the color of my children's skin, right? And how they have different degrees of looking like me, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, really it comes to, and I go back to that moment of that query of people saying, where are you from? And then you're responding with, I'm from New York. I'm from America. And then they dig further and they ask it again. They ask the same question. And I've had this question asked to me 
and the first time and depending on the body language, it's, it's a good intent, it's curious, right? At the same time, when someone asks it five or six times and it gets a little more aggressive, it's really just like, you know, what, what is it that you needed to know about mm -hmm. me? What are you attempting to identify? And what will you do with that information? And that's where I start to kind of sit back and go and try to reflect and observe, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes I'll put it back to the person, right? Or what did you, what did you mean by that? Or what are you trying to ask me, really trying to ask me? And those all lead to different conversations, right? Um, and then there's a, a defensiveness that sometimes is like a trigger for someone else. It's, well, I was just curious. I just wanted to know, yeah. but never, never admitting that, well, maybe they didn't need to know. So it's a really simple point of reflection, but it, I get it so much, mm -hmm. I, I couldn't help but write about it. Because yeah. such an innocent question can mean so many things based on the person in front of you, yeah. their, their physical stature, their inflection, and their tone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, again, as we have already, uh, you've already said and we've agreed, people can relate to this. Even with, with you reading this, I've saw myself in some areas, in some ways, uh, it's certainly relatable. And who doesn't think about, I love this sentence, my experience with racism reflects a passionate state of being proud of who I am today and who I want to become over time, unjudged for my gender or the color of my skin. That is beautiful. Uh, and who doesn't want that over time? Like I want that over time as well. So again, I think whoever picks up this book, yes, it is Latinas rising up in HR, but we can see ourselves in it uh, as well at the same time and relate. So, okay, we, we know what you learned from writing the book here, Janine. Uh, what do you hope that this book accomplishes? I hope with this book that it brings people around to the idea that assimilation is not necessarily a positive, right? It's certainly a piece of who we are, but there's also space for us to celebrate every single mm -hmm. difference to make people feel truly welcome, right? And I, I started with I'm American, right? So I don't know any different other than being born here and having experienced this. But what I carry with me is the, the racism, discrimination that my grandparents encountered because I had their influence as mm -hmm. a young child, what my parents have experienced, my father being a fireman in the New York City Fire Department, um, my mother having a very long tenure at Walmart um, after having raised us at home. And those, those experiences, you can't help but hear and listen and your ears to the ground, right? Because the conversations are happening around who got promoted at work, who didn't, who got the score on the test, right? And when we think about test-taking abilities and its correlation um, with with race right, and achievements. There, there is a correlation between that educational access and preparation. But when you start to think about that in all these generations, I carry all of those yeah. with me as well as my own experiences. And as we have these narratives, right, you can't help but have those. So it goes to the unconscious bias that you also live with, right? Because as I have the narrative from my grandparents being born in a different country, but being here and assimilating mm -hmm. and then being raised by my parents with them having that influence and them having an influence on me and now my young children this all ties together when we have these five generations right in the workplace of there's a there is a different narrative they're all accurate and how we can really find the value is understand them 
but know that they don't necessarily tell our future, right? But learning from them in a historic context can be very powerful as we navigate every single difference that, that comes across you. Absolutely. Wonderfully said again. And of course, uh, with you mentioning unconscious bias, it takes me back to our previous conversation uh, and your faces profile and conversing about that. And uh, you said something that I've been pondering ever since in that same vein with unconscious biases that is going to take, what, two generations to erase that? It's two generations, yeah. right? And because if you think of the racism, right, that my grandfather perceives as being a Chinese immigrant, mm-hmm. right, the places that he was barred from, the places that he could not, right, have um, an income from, right, or break into business, right, those things, those, those are things that, you know, you carry through, right? And those stories are told over and over again, and everyone has a different success, right? They over, they can they can overcome it. Some do overcome it, but it remains to be said that these are common occurrences. Depending who you are, where you're from, that there's a barrier, mm-hmm. and there and you sit here and you say, like you could be a young 18 year old graduating, saying I'm gonna just make it no matter which way I can, and that's absolutely true. Um, however, once we start to see that there's a true wage gap. Right, with that initial salary you get as an 18 year old. Mm-hmm. And then what's the next salary? What's your bargaining power to upscale that salary? And how often are you getting promoted? I like to say to everyone, you know, what are you doing to focus on that promotion to be a rock star? But who's coaching you and sponsoring you and helping you get there? Mm-hmm. Right. So if you suddenly see all these soft areas of development and acceleration of careers, suddenly 10 years into a career, you got smaller raises, mm-hmm. smaller performance raises potentially, yeah. um, right? And and suddenly we start to see the gaps increase as you go up a level, right? And suddenly we see this moment of bargaining power with salary negotiation becomes so critical as you move from role to role. And each of these pieces adds on to the, uh, the same baseline salary received that first day, that first job, because yeah. you didn't know. Um, so when you think of how this builds over time, it really is costing people money, right? It's it's perpetuating a cap. Mm-hmm. And it's not a, I want to say it's not a company or one school problem. It's really just a societal problem that we're encountering. So I think of it as I, I personally attempt to coach people on how to navigate these barriers that may exist in their workplace. They may not exist. They don't always exist, but they do exist and how to navigate them while we're also trying to be the change, yeah. right? Change how we look at these a little differently with leadership, right? With commitment from the top. So that that I see is the opportunity. Absolutely. And of course, I, I think about so much, which harkens back to, again to our previous conversation. But of course, you talk about an openness to share being important uh, in that culture. Uh, but I think that can resume, resonate again beyond the office, right? Just like you said, so many things is just societal. Uh, and if we can do that, if we can be open and share, right? Uh, if we can bring, uh, like you had mentioned, uh, our authentic self, right, to work. And just think about that at large on a macro level, just showing up every day in life as your authentic self uh, versus your ad- adapted self, that's completely beneficial as well. Yeah, there's there's a huge component to that of the productivity you have as an individual and how that can impact the team if you're able to be your true authentic self. Yeah. And we know more and more people are acting out through an adapted self out of a, they're attempting to minimize the risk to themselves, mm-hmm. right? They're trying to protect themselves. And that's, and that's all accurate and fair. 
at the same time, we have so much productivity and innovation that could be letting being left at the table. And that's really the moment. It's if we can increase the ability to support individuals, that's our true success. Of course. Absolutely. And with, with that in mind, all of that in mind, right? What is the one uh, big idea or takeaway uh, you hope readers get uh, from Latinas rising up in HR? I hope that people know that Right. No matter your difference, there is a space for you that where you should feel welcomed and comfortable. And if Latinas Rising Up in HR, this community, this beautiful community that we've created, benefits you, by all means, follow us, join our events, join the activities, introduce yourselves. We're all about really just supporting one another um, and any individual who really needs that support. Absolutely. Absolutely. And is there anything else that you'd like to highlight uh, about Latinas Rising Up in HR? Or speak to? Yeah, it's just that the the women in this group, they're so talented, all of them. And in a way, when we think about women not raising their hand for the role that they don't fit, yeah. the role that they are reaching for, there is so much talent in here. And there's even more talent that we're learning about all the time. Yeah. So if there's a way, you know, to uplift um, those individuals in role seekers and share roles with them or um, just elevate their profile, right? As an ally, I think that can be very powerful. Absolutely. And is there anything, even, I guess I should say one thing in, in the office setting that HR managers can do, uh, leaders of organizations? Leaders of organizations can, if they simply get to know someone, ask them, how are they feeling versus how are they doing? Yeah. Right. And really ask them what they need to continue their success. I think that goes a long way because we all need something different. It's not the same. Yeah. So really get to know individuals, get to hear what is blocking them and how we can support them. That's beautiful. Wonderfully said again, uh, and such a, a simple act, if you will, right? Uh, but something that makes big, big impact uh, at the end of the day. Uh, so uh, the book is out, came out last year in October and you're launching a, a Spanish version mid-October, correct? Yes. Awesome. And where can our listeners uh, pick up the book? They can pick up the book on Amazon, Latinos Rising Up in HR. We have a website and you can download it, an e-version on, on Amazon, and it will be available in Spanish. So however you can read it, we strongly encourage you to pick up a copy. Absolutely. I, of course, have my copy and I'm, I'm already delving, in, delving into it. So you have one already on board with me here. Uh, and my final question for you, Janine, uh, it's one that I love to ask all of our guests. What does your next chapter look like? My next chapter, I hope to share how I've supported others and have helped organizations accelerate their DEI lens. Mm, amazing. Beautiful. Uh, Janine, thank you for taking the time to converse with me today. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Absolutely. And to our listeners, we're always interested in suggestions for books or pages of HR uh, that we should cover next. Please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at Pages of HR Podcast with thoughts or concerns you have about the podcast in general. You can even say hi as well. Remember, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. Thank you for listening. And as always, join us next time when we turn the page.